Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? 40. Hey, hey, hey. Ham. Howdy ho. And your host, Hamish. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Review of last Thursday's match, Eels v Storm. There's been a lot of uh, fish and chip wrapper that's been spent uh, following Bellamy's post-match press conference. Um, and we'll dive into that. Well, let's just start off. That one. Eels 14. <laughs> Eels 14, Storm nil. Two tries, one to Wanga Blake in the 17th minute, the second to make a Sebo at the 34th minute. And then Mitchell Moses, one from two conversions, two from two penalty goals. Uh, Sin Bin, one to the Storm to Nelson Asofa Solomona. Uh, correctly called, I have to say. A uh, quick look to the stats 51% possession to the Eels. Uh, 30 minutes, time in possession, 76% completion rate. So a little bit lower than what they would have liked. Uh, all runs, 194. We won the meter battle by 200 meters. Uh, won the post-contact meters by 50. Line breaks, that's the massive one, 5 to 1. And then average play the ball speed, lost that one again, 3.91 seconds. Almost 4 seconds to the Storm's 3.59. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, then let's have a look. Uh, what else? Kicks, 21 to 19. A kick defusal, that's the big one there. 92% to the Eels to 54 to the Storm. Force dropout, Storm forcing three to the Eels two. Uh, effective tackle, 86 for us, 89 for the Storm. Uh, ineffective tackles, Storm getting 26 to 35. Mix missed, we missing 23 to 16. Errors, Eels 14 to Storm 11. We only conceded one penalty to the Storm's eight, and it was three all in the six agains. Storm, three players on report. Eels none, but Eels end up with Murata sitting a week out. Uh, then 7-7, seven, seven, used yeah. two HIAs for the Storm. I'm surprised we... No, we must have had a HIA for um, for Murata. I believe so, yeah. Well, that's not recorded on the NRL site. Uh, but let's dig in first of all. Um, I'll just start off quickly. Uh, the positives, first half, great. Second half, not as great. Uh, but still, it's a win against the depleted Storm. And um, it's nice to beat that thug team at their own game. Uh, by getting away and pushing the boundaries of legality. Uh, those two tackles were both crushes. Uh, Storm, if you're not smart enough to uh, get up on top of it after after all the NRL bashing in the uh, pre-game um, about how they're going to crack down on crushes this week, uh, well, you know what, Bellamy? You're getting old, mate. You're getting beyond it. I mean, Hang up the boots. And, and, and to be fair, Craig Bellamy is a man of integrity and he would never coach his players to stay down. Never. I yeah. think you uh, shared that nice uh, video, yeah. <laughs> or at least it was shared on your behalf from the TCT account. Correct. Um, back when the Knights play, the Knights played against the Storm, and Dale Finucane had a you know sort of milkman delivery that would have made Kurt Angle proud. It was that you know, sorry, sorry, did I drop out? Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit. There. I was going to say uh, that the dive from um, Finucane against the Knights had that much calcium content that Kurt Angle would have been proud. Uh, it was you know. Absolute gamesmanship back then, and you know, even if it was an element of gamesmanship from the Eels this week, who cares? That the NRL literally telegraphed the crackdown on crushes, and yet the Storm insisted on doing that tackling technique. And you know what? Why are the media and fans like defending the Storm? They've been doing this shit for 15 years. What's more likely, the Storm wrestling or Parramatta laying down? Well, that's the argument that blew my mind was the fact that. Media neutrals immediately jumped to Bellamy's defense and on his side. Like we're talking about the club that literally pioneered every single degenerate wrestling technique for the last 15 years. Like, uh, anyway. And you know what? On one of the crusher tackles, the one on Nathan Brown, they were using wrestling techniques. You had Tom Eisenhuth trying to twist Nathan Brown over onto his back. And then you had Vete coming in over the top, flopping, hitting. That's why it was a crusher. 
And then you got flops like uh, Mark Carroll saying he backed in. Mate, he didn't back in. When does Brownie ever back in? He runs 100 mile an hour yep. going straight at the defence. Show me where Nathan Brown backs into the line. I just, I, I've never seen it. So that's the excuse that they use. That's what people eat up. That's what people regurgitate. But Brown doesn't do it. Sivo, we've spoken about it at length on this podcast. All right. Sometimes on his runs, he's a bit soft and he does laid, He does feel things more than other players do. So that one I can sort of go. Okay. But most of the time, he's been a detriment to the Eels, if anything. Yeah. But Brownie, no way. No way does Brown back into the line. He's 100% running full force into it. It was Storm Dirty Tactics trying to turn him over on his back. It was Storm Dirty Tactics doing the crusher tackle. And the MRC are soft and gutless for not giving them two weeks. And can I just say, on in the, in the follow-up, uh, the coat hanger on Moses, where he got straight to his feet afterwards, shows why you should stay down. Because if something as blatant as that that's a, is that's not that's picked ten up... Bin. That's 10 in the bin. Then, then you need to... Uh, alert the ref to it. And if staying down is what's going to alert the ref to that foul play, uh, then so be it. Yeah, late, well, high, and off the ball on a playmaker, that, that is literally every cardinal sin that the NRL was sort of outlined the last year, and yet there was it was play on. So, like you said, sometimes... What's the difference between that one and the one that BJ Lelou and copped bear, four, six weeks for? Bear in mind, we, we talk about... Stay, well, that's a fair point, Ham. Uh, bear in mind, we talk about not staying down and staying down in the argument there. The official missed Murata Niakori being decapitated by Nelson Surface Old Minor. That that wasn't a live call of penalty. That was referred by the bunker. So And then you know what else was missed on that? Christian Welch's high tackle in the same Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that was completely missed and then people want well, to try and it, the the, the, the hilarity of that situation is that Welch probably made contact with Murata almost exactly the same way that Murata made contact with Brandon Smith. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Those two identical, both penalties, and you know what, probably go and report. Fair enough. Yeah. But the Sofa Solomon one, his shoulders cocked, his clenched fist, aiming at, like, looking at Murata's head. Murata barely drops. Like, he falls a little bit, but even if he doesn't drop, he's still clocking him right on the jaw rather than on the nose. How that wasn't sent off, I, I don't know. You won't get a more intentional head-high tackle. Than Especially that. from a player of priors like a Sofa Solomon. He's not a clean skin. Yeah. He was out for blood on, on Thursday night. He should have been sent off within the first... With him walking on the field, he should have been sent off. I will say, if you if people are going to question the, the Nelson Osofa Solomona um, Sinbin, go watch last year's Magic Round and watch when Sivo got Sinbin. Jerome Hughes was falling and Sivo accidentally clocks him with his shoulder in the head. He got Sinbin, he got a week. So I don't understand. That was last year. And it's exa- exactly the same thing. You can't make the argument he's dropping. He's not dropping. Whether or not he's dropping or not, he still hit him I mean, par- Parramatta have been hit with that one multiple times. Michael Jennings against yeah. Penrith uh, was another one that and copped the uh, – he, he does no defense if he's falling. So like you said, uh, there was no defense on the surface Solomon's tackle there. And I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I am up, not I mean upset, yes, because obviously he's not my team, but the, the Brandon Smith injury was unfortunate, like very unfortunate. That sucked. But, you know, the, the 360 put the ringers through the judiciary for the review process there. But like, I, I tend to agree from as much as I call him out. The, there was no conclusive angle about the initial point of contact. Well, at the ground, when I first saw it, I thought it was a head clash. Yeah, yeah that was the initial reaction for most people, I think. Like, oh, I, I don't think it was after watching it again. I that, think that's right, really yeah, fine. after seeing it again. But, again, to me, that's a penalty. Put him on report. It's not 10 in the bin. I mean, I suppose this, this comes back to the argument about how much should an injury play into the penalty. And it's a slippery slope because there's lots of injuries that happen – via non-contact or from a player slipping and whatnot. And 
you know, if we're going to do it, then be consistent because there's a lot of players that are going to get time off if that's the case. All right. Well, let's move on to other issues because I'm sick of uh, Bellamy saying jump and everybody says how high. Uh, what else did we take positives from this game? I thought our first half where we're spreading the ball quickly. Uh, one of your bugbears, Ham, is uh, spreading the ball off the offload, and I thought that we did that really well in the first half at least on on Thursday night. Uh, 100%. Like, people were criticising our attack, but it was that last pass, like... If Michael Jennings scores, if Brandon Smith isn't the ultra competitor that he is, Jennings scores. We go up 18 0, possibly 20 0. If Maddo doesn't fire a, a rocket ball to Wunga Blake instead, <laughs> what was that finds, pass? He, that was, yeah, that was awful. Either finds a quick play of the ball or, you know, happens to find Gutherson on the inside or Wunga Blake, there's another try. So I don't think our attack was as bad as people were making out because if we scored two more tries, that's 24 26 0. Like, and the Storm don't get beaten by 26-0. The fact that we won 14-0, that doesn't happen to the Storm. Like, Yeah, even if you disregard the shutout, a 14-point margin of victory against the Storm is rare. So. Yeah, I think um, I worked it out the other day. Since 2016, they've had five games where they've lost by uh, 13 points or more. There you go. Only five. One, one a year, it happened. So, and it's happened twice this year. So one of the years, it didn't happen. They lost by 13-plus. So for us to completely shut them out, win by 13-plus, I don't think anyone on here tips the memory. I mean, I tipped against this. Yeah, I tipped this to win by two. So Yeah, I think I had two-point margin. So like, I think I said 14-6. Yeah. I, I will say this about our attack. I think that, once again, the execution was a bit off for in, in segments, although nowhere near as bad as in that run that we had in the last six weeks. But I love the intent. We came out of this, like, into that game with a clear game plan, we're going to attack him hard downhill, get Wanga Blake early ball, let him post up against uh, Justin Mollum and, and, you know, give him those one-on-one looks or two-on-two looks if you, you count the winger. And, you know, we just, we were aggressive. And yes, we didn't, you know, didn't capitalize fully on it, but it was, like I said, the intent is there. And if you if you have a plan and you go hard at it, I will never be upset. And they felt like that was our most focused offensive showing in quite some time. And also the other thing to come out of it, uh, Obviously, the bench getting a lot more of a starring role in this match. Yeah. Uh, so, again, them standing up defensively, and especially Raymond Stone, probably his best outing at dummy half. And mm-hmm. what did he get, about 30 minutes in two 30, stints? 30 minutes, and Reed got fi- apparently 52. So there was either an overlap or a slight miscalculation on the uh, the timer sheet. But, yeah, Ray Stone's biggest game in terms of length at dummy half and biggest game in terms of quality. Uh, there was only one even halfway errant pass I counted in front of a sticks. He hit Moses on the knees on a long cutout. And yeah, aside from that, he backed up the ball really nicely, got a couple of offloads uh, caught or received, and yeah, and just hit hard and ran well. I thought it was telling that BA put him on to sort of finish the match. Like, I mean, I think we... That's, we that's championship uh, minute. I know it's against a depleted storm and it's a regular round, but those are championship minutes. And for the fact that he put Ray on rather than a more experienced Kane Evans on, I thought was very telling. We... um. I don't say we take the game, took the game lightly, but uh, we definitely made an obvious effort to rest Junior and Reg and Reed this week. So yes. I think uh, Reg got 44 minutes and Junior got 47 minutes, so both down on, on the sort of efforts they've been putting in for the last couple of months. Where, and obviously Reed hasn't had a break at all for some time because Stoney broke his hand and whatnot. So it was good to see him give it, you know, the guys on the bench prolonged runs and good to see the team hold up in the second half defensively. Again, it's a good way to rotate the squad. Yeah, I thought um, Wonga Blake and Fergo were solid in defence. They didn't um, not, they didn't rush in too much and miss their man. I thought they were that was one of their best defensive games. Um, I know we kept it to zero, but like 
we hardly got usually we're fearing when they go down our right. But yeah, they were actually all right. Yeah, but. well that that's a big talking point, Bertie, is that that's the right's best defensive showing since the season resumed. Yeah, the, you know the storm, the storm came like down. How good of a player Justin Olam was. Yeah, well, he, he just goes, yeah. he goes hard, doesn't he? That that is his whole yeah. gimmick. The king he? of PNG. He runs hard, he tackles hard, and so I suppose it's the sort of player that could be exploited in certain games. But because Melbourne Storm's defensive structures are so consistent, you know they allow him to sort of get downhill and, and go nuts. But you know, like you say, defends hard. He's he's a smart defender too. There was a couple of times I thought there that uh, Wanga Blake might have been able to get on his outside, but he just shut him down like. I was very surprised. I've, you know, I thought he was just a, a, a storm player sort of thing. But I, uh, to me, he's one of the better centers I've seen all year, and that's just from one game. Like he was, he, he impressed me a lot. Yeah, Storm seemed to do that with their outside backs. Just yeah. um, they know, they know their role. <laughs> yep. Like even Shandor uh, didn't have the worst game for a week. Like he was nondescript, but you know, he, was he wasn't an obvious liability. Yep. Which I think he would be in, you know, other a lot lesser of other teams. Systems, yeah. But again, uh, talking about shutting down players, I thought we contained Pappenhausen very well. Very well. Um, there was a couple of great tackles on him as well. I, yeah. I liked our. Um, I know was, you say scramble defense, but I liked our anticipation. As soon as like we know that Wanga and Fergo come up and in, Moses anticipated that, dropped behind the line, so that as soon as Adokar got the ball, he was ready for a sprint. Yeah, we we definitely keyed down. keyed in defensively on what we needed to do this week. Yeah, I, that was that was very smart. It reminded me of the way we defended in 09 when uh, Eric Groth used to uh, come up and in, Ready would drop in behind and get ready to uh, run after the winger. I thought yeah, I thought that was really good defending. And um, Mitchell was very good defensively as well. He made a number of um, big tackles or good first contact because the Storm went after him. They Obviously, yeah. they were attacking our right edge a lot and they were really pinpointing Mitchell or like, it was either like hammering Mitchell or shifting out the back to Pappenhuis and, and he did um, well on both accounts of first contact against the back rollers and the centres and... Uh, as you mentioned, him getting outside the back to cover his um, centre and winger. Okay, did we have anything else to add to that, or just you know another two points added to the tally? And we got five games left. So, well, I've, I mean, in terms of individual performances, Nathan Brown was outstanding again. I don't, I don't know how the guy runs so hard and and so fast in defence and attack consistently. He just has a huge engine. He is the Ryan Madison. Yeah, Matter was very good, except except for that offload he pegged at Wanga. I don't know yeah. what he was thinking. He was awesome. That was though. probably his best game since the, that the head injury. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he, that was him back to his best. But yeah, I liked, again, it was that shift that we did. Um, that one didn't come from an offload. It came from a quick play of the ball. Stoney, it was actually a long pass from Stoney from dummy half, which got Moses on the outside, <sighs> which then another long pass to Matter got him on the outside. That was, a, you know, easy play. And if I think if Matto takes the tackle there, like we would have quick play the ball, fullback would have been out, nice kick in behind or something would probably come up trumps. So yeah, sometimes like it's just not forcing the pass. Which I, think- I was going to say the halves playing a lot more direct, yeah, uh, especially in that first half. I think they they tried to push it a little bit too much in that second half, but especially in that first half, just really direct, and that's what created that space on the outside. I just love when Dylan takes on the line. Like as much as he does it, he runs nearly a hundred meters a game. It seems like every time he takes a line on the defense is like they didn't know what was going to happen. And then he just carries two or three defenders like another five meters. He'd have to, he'd have to be up there for tackle breaks on the year. I mean, he's been, he's a, he's been a superstar strong. in NRL fantasy because of those things. He runs and tackles and makes tackle breaks. So, yeah, I mean, and I suppose if you're being negative about him, there was a couple of times where he could have passed instead of um, running himself. But the left edge looked way better this week. Um, you know, Sean Lane obviously had one errant offload like Maddo where he, it was a forward, actually a forward offload out of the back of the, like around the back. It was weird, 
But yeah, he was running really direct, getting great post-contact meters, and you know Jennings and Sebo got a little bit of time and space, and all of a sudden they look like they're back to their best. Yeah, I thought there was a couple offloads from uh, Laney that were a bit. How you doing? Yeah, one, um, one, one of his first ones. We lost about ten meters on it. <laughs> yeah, and then there was one back to Reed. Whereas you know, so, you know, I don't think it was particularly hard. That that one that we flicked around the back where trying to get it to Jennings, that was probably the worst one. But if you just like he made nearly 180 meters. He's, I think he's back into form. He might have had a little bit of a slump as the team had a bit of a slump, but I think he's back into form. He could have a re- Anything else to catch or I think we'll we'll wrap that up there. Yeah, I mean, it's just good to hold the storm to only the sixth franchise shutout. So, you know, doing something pretty good there, even if they were under strength. Um, fuck Nelson and Sofa Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Should be locked up in a Balinese prison at the moment, if we're being real. But. Yep. Um. Okay, well, let's have a look to the news. So the first item, Murata, one-week ban for that uh, crusher tackle, uh, which was on Eisenhuth, I want to say. I could have copped that if the other two had gotten the charges as well, or especially Albert Vete, but just so dumb, you know. I think we were, tra- we were talking in Discord about trying to find um, the, the logic behind it, whether or not because the penal- they were penalised in the game, that means afterwards. Uh, but I think uh, the conclusion was that there is no logic to this. <laughs> yes, sir. No. Um, yeah, match review committee and judiciary, you know, it's just luck, uh, yeah, luck of, the, luck of the draw. Yeah. Is that what we want to say? Yeah. Forest it's, Comp. It, it Forest Comp. Of that, if you remember that. that South Park episode where everybody's going bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they cut the chicken. Street, they, yeah. yeah. Cut the chicken off the, uh, ch- cut the head off the chicken and then uh, they decide whether or not they're going to bail out the bank. Bail out, bail out. <laughs> Oh, uh, next item, I think we alluded to it before, that Kane Evans sounded like he had signed with Warriors, but that's confirmed. So Kane Evans off to the Warriors next year. I can't remember. Was it two or three years that he got? Two years. Oh, yeah, three. Three? three? Yeah, I don't oh, I think Eels yeah. would have committed to three years uh, no. considering the first year and a half of <laughs> Kevin's uh, stint at the Eels. Uh, but good luck Kevin. to him. Oh, yeah, Kate yeah, Evans. Yeah, Kevin's. Yeah. I, I call him Kevin's. Yeah, sorry. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Good luck to Kane. Um, his last year and a half, or well, this season, and and well, I think about three quarters of last season has been fantastic. So it's good to see him back at his best, and we're certainly going to miss his dance moves and his handshakes and his try scoring ability. Yeah, what would? That's unfortunate that he didn't score one this week. It would have been three weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, next item, Mennings. There you see, they did that one. Yeah. Sports stat of the year. Go and vote for him. That's Absolutely. it. Uh, <laughs> next item, George Jennings and the Polar Express extend with the Warriors for one more week. And our understanding is that they won't play against us when we play the Warriors in two weeks' time. So I don't know if they actually come back to our team at that point or they just have to sit out the week. Uh, but I did like them in the post-game uh, celebration there. Uh, Alvaro and George Jennings standing together and looking really awkward in the, <laughs> the <team>. They look <laughs> like the two new kids at a new school. <laughs> I don't know anyone, Mum. But they were clapping along and uh, uh, good on them. Um, they've been uh, – well, George Jennings especially has been yeah, a fantastic. George has been for real Warriors. good for him. And I have to say, Alvaro, watching that game against the Warriors on the weekend, he uh, made uh, Tolman and both Josh Jackson his, his bitch. Uh, he was giving them a fair bit of spray, but that was probably his best game since – 2018, I'd have to say, for, for Polar. I was going to say, um, with them looking awkward, maybe they're just used to our awful team-winning song. So like, <laughs> you oh, take that back. Have... You take that back. <laughs> this is how an actual, This is what an actual team song sounds like. It isn't Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you take it away here, Ham. 
Why let me take it away? Because you you added it to the to oh, the okay. item agenda, so it's oh, yours. Right. Um, fire oh, up ham segment. Oh, fire up. Just, I mean, I've already fired up about the storm. Like you might have heard it before. I don't know, but it's it's it, Gus Gould uh, not emulates symbolize. He's the head of it all. But today he come out and there's a quote. I don't know where it's from. I don't really care where it's probably 100% footy. He said about Parramatta, they're not in the title race at the moment. They're kidding themselves if they think they are, right? You know, are we are we a premiership winning team? I don't know. You only know that come grand final day. So that's number one. Number two, we have the best defense. Like there's two teams that have had less than 200 points scored against us, us and the Storm. When was the last time that you heard of a Parramatta team being strong defensively, and that's how we're winning games. When was you don't? It's you know, even in '09 when we our attack was fantastic, our defence was still pretty good, but it wasn't what it is now. We're, we're averaging 12 points a game against us. Ridiculous. Like yes, our attack is floundering a little bit at the moment, but who cares? I'd rather you know what that'll take a week with the ball. We focus on a couple of plays. We focus on you know whatever. Our attack will just click. I'd rather that than going, oh, shit, we've conceded 250 points. You know, what are we... But I was saying to the fellas before the pod, if your defense is great, you might only give up one, maybe two tries. So you only have to score two tries and a couple penalty goals or whatever to win a match. If your defense is bad and you're conceding three, four tries, you have to score four or five tries, which is a lot harder to do, even if you're atta- even if you're making over 400, even if you're making over 30 points a game. It's still, it's a hard thing to do. So this idiot, just, and it's all the media, they hate us and they hate the fact that we're a top four team and we've been a consistent top four team all year. We don't have anyone going into bat for us. Like Sturlo is starting to get the, oh, yeah, we do this and we do this, but he's not going to go into bat while you've got these green, like just idiots going on about this, right? And then you've got Michael Ennis. Fuck Michael Ennis, dickhead. Then you've got Gordon Tallis going on other shit. And then you've got the people that just come up with, they want controversial clicks. It's actually, so. it's actually an interesting point, Ham. We really don't have a strong media presence, don't we? I know that I believe that Adrian Prashenko from the City Morning Herald is a Parramatta fan, but he actually, unlike a lot of the other media uh, identities, plays it for a fairly straight bat. Like he, he actually reports rather than gives like big opinion pieces and with bias. So that and leaves us with Sturlow, who once again plays it for a pretty straight bat, doesn't he? Yeah, and then the only other person in the media that we've got is Nathan Hindmarsh, who... Oh. If you listened to him, you wouldn't think he played for Paramount. No. Unless it was brought up. Yeah, unless they're memeing about not winning a premiership and they'll raise it up. Aside from that, you know, he, he's either down the team or doesn't talk about him. Yeah. So we don't have anyone in the media that will defend us and try and talk us up, which, you know, annoys me a lot because I think this team does need to be talked up and there's a lot of uh, good things to talk about. But at the same time, like, it's still flying under the radar a little bit and we have been a consistent top four team all year. So the fact that they're saying, oh, Parramatta can't win it, can't win it, can't win it, you know what? I'd rather that than saying, oh, Parramatta's the best team ever. So, but still, grow up. I don't know why I listen to mainstream media, to be honest, Tim. I don't. I just, I get these clicks and I, I know I, I know mean, what they're about. They're all pretty. The, look, the, the reality is that we love our footy and so you want to watch footy content. And, yeah. And, and mo- mo- Monday to before Thursday evening, that's all you got, isn't it? Well, to be honest with Gould, on his podcast, he's been saying that about Parramatta since before the Penrith game. So he's not going to change his opinion for the whole year. Um, But, you know, just keep racking the wins up and it doesn't matter. That's like this whole thing this week. Like, there was no point 
listening to any of the mainstream media because as soon as Bellamy said, oh, milk crushes, you just knew that the next whole week cycle of media would be about milking crushes. Yes, sir. So it's, it's just it, – that, that's just what mainstream NRL media is because it's just click generate – generating, uh, you know, clickbait bullshit, um, especially from, like, Fox Sports and whatever else. Like, it's just – it's garbage. Um, to be honest, if you want to go out and what, see some quality content, go uh, read The Cumberland Throw. Go listen to uh, other NRL podcasts that aren't beholden to, uh, you know, stakeholders and getting clicks. They're just doing it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and But he swear off Fox Sports, swear off Channel 9's coverage because nine times out of ten it's full of shit. Well, they'll make one good point in about, you know, five hours of coverage. Yep. And, and I mean, we'll talk about this before the podcast as well, in that I feel like Phil Gould, to an extent, plays a, like, plays a role. Like, he's a wrestling heel or, you know, an American... Oh, of course, sort of pro- they've all pro- got them. It's it's like the mole. Like, he did a great interview on the uh, the Rugby League Digest uh, not too long ago, and he's like, that that's his character. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know? And, and for someone like me and you who watch a lot of American football and American sport, you know that there's the Stephen A. Smiths and the Skip Baylesses, the provocateurs, the guys that deliberately play that character up, they ham it up and they take the controversial hot take because it rates... That, that, that is the truth, is that controversy and hot takes rate more than measured opinion. That is the world that we live in. Yeah, well, nobody wants to read, you know, a, a thousand-word article on attacking structure and, and why, you know, things aren't as bad as they seem when all you have to say is, oh, Eels haven't scored as many points as they did last year. And I think you guys broke it down um, on the, the Cumberland Throws uh, podcast. What, what do you call it? The, the- Tip sheet. The tip sheet, yeah. Um, where you know, I think what, what was it? We're thirteen points uh, worse in attack than we were at this point last year after fourteen rounds. Yeah, but we're something like a hundred and something points better defensively. That's right. We we had like a four and against of like positive seven at this time last year because as much as we score a lot of points, obviously defensively we'd bled over two hundred, and yet here we are, you know, best defense in the NRL, and. You know, and the offense technically is worse than last year, but it also hasn't been awful and it's got a lot of room to improve. Well, I think it averaged, what, one point less per game. And, you know, what, we've missed out on a couple of disrespectful field goals. That, <laughs> that <it? laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's enough on, on, on that. Let's have a look at some of the other games from the weekend because there was some good football played over the weekend. Uh, but there wasn't played by the Sharks. Uh, oh Panthers, 38. <laughs> Sharks, 12. They lost uh, Johnson in the lead-up to this game. I think he became a first-time dad, uh, so congrats Congratulations, on that. But, SJ. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, uh, I was a bit muffled there, 40. I didn't hear that. Oh, I said congratulations, SJ. Um, oh, there you go. First-time yeah. dad, obviously be plenty proud of that, but they did not do us any favours, did they? Sort of. No, uh, I, I was tipping them for the upset of the round uh, prior, and, and who else tipped eight from eight? I think the uh, Ron, vast amounts of people did. Ron got yeah. it. Every, every favourite on the line got up this week. Yeah, so. my, my my tipping is just tip favourites because uh, I was in a uh, tipping comp with uh, a, a certain uh, judge, and that's what he'd do three years running, tip favourites every week, and he won every year. <laughs> I mean, they, they win the majority of the time, right? Uh, the bookies know what they do when they set those lines. Yeah, I think it's like the first six weeks, usually about off, but then yes. I think from about seventh week on, Once usually form, you're tipping at about 70 ish percent. Barring yeah. freak injury tolls and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Panthers just way too good for this uh, Sharks outfit. Yeah, I mean, Panthers obviously very good and, and they've been red hot. And the question is, how long can they maintain the rage? So, yeah, and Cronulla, <laughs> I mean, we, we saw what happened to them last time they played Panthers, so I wasn't surprised by the result. 
But yeah, it's still frustrating because as we've talked about, we're one and a half games back on Penrith for the minor premiership. So we need to beat them head to head and then get another result to go our way. And that was probably the last great chance we have of that happening. And then on to Friday night, Broncos 24, Dragons 28. Uh, they were so close, uh, but Darry B, I tell you what, what was that for the final play of the game? <laughs> the hustle or lack thereof on that kick, re- kick return or kick um, clean up. Oh my goodness! But uh, they, nothing they, else to come out of this game. <laughs> they, I mean, the Broncos, the Broncos did well to get back in their game, but that opening was so diabolical. They just, you know, put them, spot themselves sixteen points as a handicap, like we did against Manly, um, and then obviously. Uh, Tony Staggs had one of the individual try of year contenders where he absolutely yeeted Ewan Aiken um, to the other side oh, of the yeah. equator. He had to give parental permission for Aiken to with the Warriors. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose it just... The Broncos are lucky, and we'll get to the result later. The Dogs for away a chance to get a golden two points because, um, yeah, they're going to be staring down the barrel of a spoon otherwise. And then on... Oh, sorry. Sorry, if they lose their points, salary cap. Well, yes, that's the other thing to monitor from the whole Seabold debacle, isn't it, about the Tevita Pangai Jr. allegations on TPAs. Yeah, I tell you what, Tevita Pangai Jr., isn't he uh, the big rollover man? Jake, uh, <laughs> who was the one, the the, um, the rapper that started ratting out everybody? Oh, oh Takashi 6'9". Yeah, Takashi 6'9", yeah. yeah. That's how I know that. Just, yeah. <laughs> Birdie up on his urban law. Yeah, oh, just, oh, to be honest, I don't listen to his music, but the memes coming out of it, it's funny. Like, have you seen the one where, like, ha- have you seen the one where he goes, "What if I tell you I got the the, um, the secret recipe to the Krabby Patty SpongeBob?" <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> I, told you, I don't know his music, but I just know the memes are funny. Birdie up to date on urban law and internet law. He's a man. <laughs> uh, then what was the next game? Titans sixteen, Raiders thirty six. Titans had patches of good form in this, but God, they let in some awful tries. <laughs> <laughs> and and sorry, the big storyline. The big uh, man. For, yeah, big man season. What a chase down. And, and Fogarty, sorry, you've played really well. You got to captain the Titans, but you got to lace up the boots after that effort. Yeah, you're never living that one down. That's highlight real material for all time. Um, but yeah, obviously awesome effort for Papali, and it just cements his sort of um, role or position in the top of that. Uh, you know, it's debatable whether he's number one, but he's definitely at the top of that pantheon of the props, isn't he? He is very good. Yeah, no, I think it is. He, he's he's probably been the form prop for the last two or three years. And uh, one time, Eels uh, signing. <laughs> well, imagine being the club but, uh, that actually had them both signed legally, um, and I say them being Junior and Papali, because obviously we had him signed, but he never came. But Canberra let Junior Papolo, uh, Junior Papolo, <laughs> Junior Papolo, <laughs> Junior Papaya uh, walk, much to our own benefit. And, well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but Ricky, I uh, think he gave him the inside word before he signed. Yeah. But then he got doubted, what, the next year with Tedesco. So that <laughs> goes around, comes around. That was good karma. Hello? Yeah. Sorry, I was saying, talking about Tedesco, uh, West Tigers 16, Roosters 38, and Tedesco showing us the full moon in this game. <laughs> uh, but uh, was it Joey Johns who absolutely just started shredding West Tigers after that? Yeah, <laughs> in his arm channel. Or whatever else. I don't know if he did it on live TV, but on his Channel 9 show, the web show, he absolutely eviscerated them. Good on him. Imagine wearing thin already. They, they need it. They're an awful team, awful club, awful fans, awful administration. Nine, 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 nine. Just fucking send them overseas. Send them to UK. Do it the world a favour. Wuhan. Oh, my favourite line coming out of uh, West Tigers Reddit at the moment is that it's not uh, their CEO's fault uh, because he trusted what Ivan told him, and that's why they signed all the duds. 
So yeah. it's it's still all Ivan's fault, even though what stupid administration allows a coach to have full control of the roster? Um, yeah. You know, yeah, is what it is. Uh, Saturday, the final game, I'll turn this off at halftime, 38-0. Rabbitohs 56 to the Seagulls 16. The most comical tries uh, to <laughs> Latrell Mitchell. Tavita <laughs> oh, Funa. Oh, my goodness. But uh, Seagulls putting up the white flag in the first half there. Yeah, they're dead. They're done, aren't they? They played their grand final against us, and to an extent, I suppose, the Newcastle Knights last week where they sort of put everything else that was left in the tank on the line and fell short. They were they dreadful. Well, they had Brendan Elliott. Was he, he got, did his um, knee last week. So, yeah, they um pretty pretty low on troops in that regard, but there is a certain you know, baseline of effort and, and uh, execution that you sort of expect to be as an NRL team. They did not meet that against the Rabbitohs. But isn't that the pitfall of spending, you know, half a Abs- cap on three absolutely. or four players? Yeah. Especially on someone like Tommy T, who you know is made of glass. Yeah. His, his, when was the last time he even played 15 games in a year, you know? He, they, had their, they had their full um, forward pack, pack. Like, I know... True. Like, like Turbo is a, is a great player, but I think their strength is in their pack. Likes of Fanua Blake, Tapao, you know... Um, Jake. Yeah, and even um, Thompson. Like, I just... like. Souths are going like we'll find, we'll get into the preview, but Souths are fucking just treading water at the moment. They're just going through the motion, and I thought they, they they'd get you know you got you got the Australian captain and the Australian halfback there. You know, like you're paying him you know two million a year. No, I'm just a joke, but <laughs> I mean it is it's being talked about as like one point two five or something like that. So it is a pretty but, healthy deal. I think my favourite part about DCE is if Moses has a bad game, he's ripped to shreds for the next week. Talking about media gender and biases, DCE will have five good games a year for Manly and then get an Australian uh, squad and get into the Queensland Maroons. Like, come on. But that's the thing. With with rep- especially rugby league representative teams, it's harder to get out of it than it is. Very like, true. Yeah, it's hard to get out of it than it is. Very true. On to Sunday, the first game. I really enjoyed this game. Bulldogs 14, Warriors 20. Uh, Bulldogs, we thought they were going to give the Broncos the ultimate L, uh, but enough of this. So Bulldogs would play better than Broncos. Yeah, they haven't had as many scored against them. Yes, they haven't capitulated in a lot of games, but fuck me, they've been done by the Broncos. Yeah, uh, they, had, they had the head chance to, to move that step away from the spoon and they blew it. So, oh, God. They're just an awful team. They've got nothing anywhere, really. Yeah, yeah. Reserve graders in pretty much every position. Yeah. Uh, Dury oh. looked okay. I was, yeah, in this I was game. about to say, Matty Dury looked all right. So good on him. Should come back home. Yeah, well, we um we might need. Uh, do you reckon he can be converted into a middle forward? Um, or he's more of an edge specialist. I so said the first game I saw of him, he was played at lock, but there was someone fairly in the know that said he should be playing the edge in the very next game. He was the edge so. and killed it from there in the juniors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he can play in the middle. He's definitely yeah. got the body type to do both. But yeah, I think. Yeah. He, He's like we mentioned last time. He's a bit like Wade Graham. You want him to get those post-up opportunities out wide, and you know, create mismatches for his ball skills and and sort of athleticism. And then the final game, Knights twelve, Cowboys nil. Uh, you know, I fell asleep in this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it, Newcastle aren't quite secured in the finals, but that mathematically puts them into all but uh, making the finals now. So, congrats to them because it's their first time in the finals since. Uh, 2015? 2013? Seven years, I think it is. Seven years. So I think it was, it was, was it 2013 where they made uh, the prelim? And then I think it all went down. Yeah, it's been, been a long time coming for them, but um, and they worked hard this year and it hasn't been perfect, hasn't been uh, easy. They've had a lot of injuries at hooker, so they've done well to recover. And I thought, unfortunately, did they say Blake Green ACL or was it not confirmed? Yeah, yeah left. That's, that's pretty brutal. Uh, 
But um, Kalen Ponga is in good touch again. And I mean, as much as we like to meme him because the media have made him into a meme in that regard, he is a very fun player to watch when he's on. And he's when, been, when he's on the strawberry thick shakes. <laughs> when he gets, <laughs> but yeah. um, giving them plenty of leg ups, you know, you know, cheap penalties and like, but no one will mention that. They only mention Parramatta the leg ups they get. So managing them into the game. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to need my fantasy team next year managing to the game. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on from there Uh, And then into the women's Uh, Let me just get that up, sorry Uh, Women's New South Wales RL Oh, it's play rugby Yeah, that's right And then navigating that website is an absolute nightmare Somehow the New South Wales Rugby League have made Navigating their website harder (laughs) Yeah, they had like an archaically designed website in the first place have exactly. managed to go backwards. Uh, in, in an area where anyone their dog can make a WordPress website that is functionally, uh, you know, useful. Good Lord. Oh, okay. It's taking a while to... <laughs> <laughs> Get that, uh, uh, insert the um, the old uh, dial-up tone. It's you still loading. And you got to click it like five times. Um, went with Phil on the weekend, lost 24-0 to the West Tigers. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's going on? Well, they sit on the other sit last. One draw, five lost. Imagine losing the West, though. You can't do that. That is unparamatter-esque. Okay. Well, we'll leave that there. And um, if you want to see some of the highlights from some of the other teams over the weekend, uh, check that out uh, in the link in the description. Uh, let's get on a game preview. Eels third, Rabbitoh seventh, 7.55 p.m. on Thursday, 27 August 2020 on Channel 9 on Foxtel on your local – check your local listings for the – uh, radio if you can't get in front of the screen. Uh, so let's do a bit of reverse order. Match officials first. Jared Sutton, Dave Munro, and Ziggy's on touch judge. Ziggy will be It's a good week. Ziggy's here. Yeah, we got Sutton. Oh, it's that, that'll be the fifth time this year, and we've won all four games previously. Oh, oh the fix is in. Man, going to get <laughs> managed, boys. Directions to Sutton. To be honest, I don't mind Sutton so far because he likes a quick game. He, he's pretty yeah. quick to give away those six again. So, he was um, and, the, uh, the referee in the Broncos game, and I thought it was, I thought that was one of the best official matches this year. Agreed. Brian Norrie, video ref, and Jared Maxwell is the senior review official. So let's get it. there. So <laughs> we make up on the swing, you're losing the roundabout. <laughs> At fullback for South, Latrell Mitchell on the wings. Corey Allen comes in for uh, Johnston, who got absolutely poleaxed uh, on the weekend. Jackson, mate, come on. How are your parents spelling your name? J-A-X-S-O-N. Pick a line. Uh, Paulo. <laughs> on the other wing, centers Campbell Graham, Dane Gagai. Then in the halves, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds as captain. Uh, wasn't he kicking them sweetly on the weekend? He was absolutely drilling them. I like that um, on Foxhole, literally having a betting competition on whether he'd land each kick from the sideline. Forwards, Tavita Totola and Tom Burgess. Damian Cook at hooker. Then in the second row, Jaden, better than uh, Sonny Bill Williams, Sewer. Uh, Bailey Sirenen, Cameron Murray at lock. On the interchange, Mark Nichols, Liam Knight, Patrick Mago, and Kion Kolomatangi. Reserves, Jed Cartwright, Stephen Masters, Troy Dargan, and Kurt Dillon. Then for the Eels, uh, almost unchanged, with Captain Clint Gutherson at fullback on the wings. Make a Sevo Blake Ferguson at centres. Michael Jennings and Wanga Blake. Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves. Props are Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Reed Money at hooker. 
the second row is Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, Locke, Nathan Brown. Interchange, Raymond Stone, Andrew Davey comes in for Murata Niakore, who's serving one week for the crusher tackle. Kane Evans, Oregon Kafusi, extended reserves, Stefano Otuikumanu. Hayes Dunster still stays in that uh, first uh, rung. And then after that, Will Smith and Brad Takarangi. Coached by Brad Arthur, Wayne Bennett, in name only, coaching the Souths. Um, where do we see the weak points of Souths? They're forward pack. I don't think they're, they're not the same as um, they were in the previous years, you know, when they built their quick play to balls and, you know, big forwards. I think we can smash them to forwards. Like, I know we, we, we asked what's their weaknesses. Like, well, their strength is their hooker, and I reckon we can take him out out of the equation. But um, other than that, um, you know, like, you can probably target the Troy Mitchell in defense, but... Uh, I, I legit think our forward, if we can win the forward battle, just get back to, I know I keep saying it everywhere, get back to our basics, you know, pound the rock and starve them of possessions and, you know, keep that um, clean offloads and second phase football. I think we'll just tie them out and, you know, um, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds will um, try to, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat. You know, sorry about the pun, but they'll try, um, you know, uh, do what the Tigers did to in the last 20 minutes against us and try to win the game off, you know, um, set plays and shit. But, yeah, other than that, just think the forwards will dominate them. I think. Defensively, their back three is a weakness. Like Latrell uh, has some very good, brilliant moments, but when you see a, a sweet play or a grubber put into the end goal, he's uh, left behind on that instance. I think if we can third or, do what the Dragons did to us with our kicking game, as soon as we see the forty meter line, set up for a kick, kick in behind Corey Allen, who's a little bit slow, is a little bit slow to turn, get our left side chasing hard get Latrell to pick up the ball and just smash him on play one, and then we can go from... If we do that early, if we can do that for the first 20, 30 minutes, we can get, we can really take Latrell out of the game and really put pressure using our kicking and defence, which we can do. Um, it'll be a, a game for Moses to stand up for, I think. And um, in, in terms of attacking, again, we can use Latrell's uh, lack of fitness there, um, putting in grubbers in the end goal. Um, I don't think we're going to get many crossfield kicks. They've got a pretty tall back line. So grubbers into the end goal. Um, that that grubber that, you know, uh, chip and chase from Moses might be a play on this game. A lot of switch plays around the ruck. Um, what I would actually like to see, and we haven't used it for a while, going back to 2017 when we're going on that uh, hot run, was uh, Moses just hanging behind the ruck on the play of the ball and then choosing right at the last second which way to run. I think they can catch the... Forty, what's your? View? Yeah, I think this is a week where he's got to make sure we stay true to ourselves because we know South Sydney are an explosive offense and they're going to come out looking to score points. So they're going to come out red hot, like a few teams have against us this year. So he's got to make sure we sort of ride the thunder at the start and then stick to our game plan. Um, and that, that's, I think, honestly, that barring playing the Roosters, Melbourne, and if they're still in, in red hot touch, the Panthers, I think that's sort of a truism for most of this year. So you know, pound the rock, like Bertie said. And, and I think, like Ham said, an astute kicking game will go a long way towards managing this game. We, we mean about managing, but you know we don't need the refs to manage this one. We'll manage it ourselves. Um, and if we manage that part of the game, I think a lot of the other stuff takes care of itself. The attacking opportunities will come on the back of possession and territory. And defensively, I think Souths, if they get frustrated, will start making errors because they're, you know, they're very, very aggressive and like to push the ball around. Um, and Alex Johnson is a big out, but... You know, just keep keep Latrell's ability to impact the game to a minimum because if he does get his hands on the ball, he is devastating. But he can also be, uh, you know, mitigated. If he gets taken out of the game a bit, he can go missing. So just like all those little aspects there. And I think this is a game where 
Defensively, we've got to sort of build on last week, which was awesome, but this might be the game where we start turning it around in offense. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you guys have identified it all. Forward pack. Uh, that's why you pay the big dollars. Yeah, that's why we've got to, got to hit them up, and then uh, their back three uh, is... Uh, Latrell's been a lot better, especially with his defensive positioning, but I still think um, for a good half, they should be exploiting that. I um, what do we think of their bench? I was looking at it before. There's four props. props. Yeah. Like, you know, what, did they, what you said earlier. What did they go right? last week? Is this a concerted effort to match our forward pack? Is, is, are they showing their hand at what game they're going to try and play? They're just going to roll, try and roll straight up through the middle. Yeah, well, I think that's usually they try to play that power forward game, but they just haven't had the forwards for it this year. Because you look at, you know, the middle, assuming that they do go with the four props on the bench, um, Cameron Murray might slot out into second row or out on the centres later on. But to have four props, I know we've done it with three props on the bench and Raymond Stone, who is uh, usually a middle forward slash hooker. Um, but I think four props on the bench is a big player. Uh, I'm not sure if they will be going. So they might be going four props. But uh, if they get an injury in game, like turn it back, they're going to be screwed, literally. Yeah. Like, you know, you like. Let's say um, try and start fast and then try and get their bench on. But their bench is all forward. So that might not work to our advantage in this instance. Although I think outside of probably Liam Knight, I think we've got their bench. If this was two, three weeks ago, I'd be a bit nervous in the wet, just because this is, you know, four props on the bench in a wet game is, you know, match made in heaven. But, you know, for dry paddock and with Junior with these offloads and, you know, just, just our second phase football, like, surely they'll be buggered in. You know, Dylan Brown, if he's kicking game, you know, um, just his, perfect, his pinpoint kicking game on the line, like, surely that's the, probably kick a bit early, as you said, you know, like... Not like kick a bit early in the in the set in the attacking set, like in the attacking yeah. twenty. Just just forced dropouts. It's all what we did to the to the sharks. Because yeah, four props in the game, that's like masterstroke or suicide. Yeah. yeah, well I think um the the weather forecast is sunny uh, all week, so uh, we should be getting a nice dry but dewy track. Uh, I noticed there was ice on the window this morning when I went to go. It was very cold uh, last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, give it a good hit with the hose this morning, so I wasn't driving around with ice on the windshield. Um, okay, well, let's get predictions, Bertie. Start off. Well, before we start the pot, I thought maybe 16-10, but after seeing the bench, I'm thinking 36-4. to Whoa. I'm not talking shit. I legit think this is the game where we go back to basics. We're going to have 60% minimum possession and... You know they, they had. I think they completed. They had one error last week. Oh, we won't have. We'll have probably less than two errors, and we'll give some bit of, better than medicine back to them, or whatever. Whatever the saying is, I reckon we'll just starve them of possession, and they'll just you know they'll just they'll be like sinking in sweat sand. They'll just keep kicking to the wing, or they'll just you know chip on, um, kick on second or third, and I just think they'll just dig themselves a bigger hole and play into our hands. But yeah, I'm very confident now looking at that bench. And if we if we're wrong and we get smashed, uh, I expect one of you to cut this out. <laughs> Forty. Um, yeah, I, I think that if I think that we we have turned a corner. I think the game against Melbourne, even if it was depleted, was an important milestone game for us. A team that we usually struggle against, regardless of how talented they are in terms of depth. Just because should be know, said, it was milestone game. Reed getting his yeah, 50. 50th and Jenko's hundredth for Zanil. So that's another mile. I think. What mile, we did fail one milestone game this year, I think, but otherwise than that, we've been really on point this year. But I suppose when you win, you know, uh, 12, 13 games, you're going to get most of your milestone games up. So that's a sort of side effect of being a, a decent team. But yeah, um, I think that we, we turned a corner against Melbourne um, and now 
we've got that faith in our defensive structures, especially now that the right edge seems to be on the right track. So this is the week we, we look to shake things up and spice up a little bit in attack. And most of that will be, like Bertie said, getting back to basics. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start weaving in some more complex attacking structures and, and different looks. Um, Ham talked about Moses sort of flirting behind dummy half so he can knife down that short side when it's available. I'd love to see that come back. So, yeah, uh, Parramatta 28, Souths 6. Ryan, Ma- Ryan Madison, first try scorer, sorry. Um, oh, I didn't do first try scorer. Um, I'm thinking, sorry. sorry. For you me. had your chance, Bernie. <laughs> uh, no, no, go for it. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going I don't want to give you first try scorer. Oh, here we go. Kick to him. Kick to him. Has, and he's gonna. Has Birdie tipped Fergo this year for try scorer? I've, I've tipped like him the last four weeks. To be ah, okay. I was going to say maybe We're this. Approaching be... a certain Parramatta fan, you know, just keep repeating the same tip over and over. <laughs> but um, you go on. Your your turn here. Um, I'm glad you didn't come after. Uh, throw to me after Birdie because I was flipping a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Uh, it's going to sound weird, but there is a method to madness. I have three potential first try scorers. Wunga Blake, Mitchell Moses, Sean Lane, right? So, And the way I worked it out, Sean Lane won. So Sean Lane's going to be the first try scorer on Parramatta's way to victory by defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 20, Parramatta 24, South Sydney. Hang on. Oh, bugger off. I was going 24-6. <laughs> Hang on. You, you said you got three options, but you flipped yeah. the coin, but the coin has two sides. So what yeah. kind of coin are you flipping? I could have landed land on its side. There you no. are. No, yeah, did did, did you uh, did you did you see that one, Bertie? <laughs> Could have landed on its edge, but it didn't. I tell, do you want to know the way I did it? Because yeah, I'm it. curious to see okay. how this uh, plays so out. The, the first one I went: Wanga Blake heads, Mitchell Moses tails, come up heads. So Wanga Blake moved on, and then so Wanga Blake was heads, Sean Lane was tails. Went tails, Sean Lane. So there you go. So why does Lane get the first week by? Why, why does Lane get the first matchup? Why does he get you know get to? So the privilege of being privilege of being the tallest player in the squad. On fucking lane. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he eats the freshest food and wears the <laughs> finest threads. Okay. Um me, Hamish, you can do your uh yeah. Your yeah, tips. go Hamish. <laughs> I twenty four six. Um I swear we're not doing prices right bullshit here. Uh, <laughs> in Eagles' favour. Uh Ferguson, you're getting there, Fergo. Here we go. He's up against Paul Jackson Polo, isn't he? Paul Yeah, I think so. Because he's Mate, if, if you can't spell your first name properly, uh, you know. It's the same thing with uh, who, who's the hooker for Sharks now? Oh, well, I know he's out, but Blake, 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 uh, Blake. They, they actually spell it Blake. <laughs> Blake. 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 A- Aaron. A- <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got the L's pinned down. Um, okay, there we are. That's review. Oh. Reviews. We did the news. We did the other reviews of uh, other you know, not important matches. And then we've done the preview. We've hit it all. Uh, we're at 15 games down so far this season for the Eels. And what's our win record? 12, 12 and 3. 3 baby. So uh, we were, I think you guys discussed it on your uh, on the tip sheet, but um, you were talking about it was 7 for what well, we were 8 and 7 at this point last yeah, season. Yeah, 7 so. 7 is round 14, then we won the, the extra game. So 8 and 7. Yeah, so there you go. You're four games better so far this season, and you're about 100 points better defensively. Uh, so Pretty crazy. another five games to go. I think the key is, uh, of course, you've got that Panthers game circled, uh, but you need to show up week on week, and we need to get ourselves finishing in that top four. Um, I, I think this is my big prediction five weeks out, that first, second, and third are set in the order that they're in at the moment. Ooh, I was going to ask you, do you reckon they're up? Yep, I reckon in the order they're in at the moment. 
Even yeah, well, if we beat Penrith. We, we need to uh, absolutely smash the ever-loving shit out of every game, don't we? Because Melbourne's got still got 30 or 40 points for and against on us. They've, they've got a really soft draw uh, leading yeah. into the finals. So uh, I, th- I think we're already set for our top three. After that, um, I think Roosters will hold on to fourth. And then it's sort of flip a coin for those bottom four of the eight teams. I think they'll trade a couple of places. But top eight set, top four set, top three in that order. But that means we play Melbourne at Suncorp, don't we? Are they playing at Suncorp? Or are they playing the wherever they're playing on the? Is it the Gold Coast they've been playing? I can't Sunshine remember. Coast. Sunshine Coast. Sunshine. Depending if they're allowed crowds, I probably push it to the Suncorp because, as I've made clear, if um Penrith and Parramatta have been told that they probably won't get home finals, it's all about the almighty dollar. But the thing is, like you know, how many are they going to be able to get to attend these that's, games? That's what blows like, my mind. They're talking about fifty thousand at the grand final, Maybe. but um. Yeah, I just well, I I wouldn't say no chance because Vlan Daddy uh, has said he's going to do things and they seem to happen. So, uh, but yeah, so you want a, the regulars final if you can get ten thousand people to a game, you're much better at having a banquet. Even Penrith Day, it doesn't matter where you don't have it at ANZ. Even if there's fifty thousand ANZ, it's basically empty. But I mean, you got to have the grand final at ANZ. The regular finals match it. ANZ should be left. For grand final and state of origin, that's the only time it should be played. That's the only time rugby league should be played at ANZ Stadium. Two, it's just too big. Like and two thousand and nine v Bulldogs. That was that's the only yeah, time. The only time that, that was legitimately a grand final in terms of atmosphere and, and even capacity. It was like seventy four, seventy five thousand. Like they do in the soccer, they leave Wembley to the, the semi final games for the FA Cup and shit. Like they leave that yeah. the big big time games. It's yeah, it's like it's the holy grail. It certainly, it certainly would add to the uh, the legend of ANZ, wouldn't it, Ham and, yes, and Birdie? That's, in that what I, that's what I was good for. The, the mythos of the stadium, if, if it's reserved for the biggest events, the grand final and state of origin, and and you know it encourages that eighty thousand capacity to be maxed out on, doesn't it? Yeah, rather than oh, dragons versus I don't know bulldogs round twelve, yeah, Sunday afternoon pouring rain. Yeah, let's have that at seven thousand people turn up if there's no yeah. no coronavirus. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Uh, so we'll be playing the Rabbitohs on Thursday. Nice to get, uh, hopefully, another win out on that Thursday and night. And a seven-day turnaround. And how much better does the weekend feel after that? True that. The, the, the week again after Dragons was dreadful, wasn't it? So to get that 14-point shot against the Storm was pretty sweet. Yeah, it just felt so, it's such a bit of mood all weekend, you know? Love and life. I left the house once. That's how good I felt. Rather than the week before, I didn't leave the house at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, twos, we'll wrap it up there. We'll catch you on the next Para Podcast. Cheers, fellas. We raise our voice to you.